Hey, this is Laura Bayshore, CEO and founder of A New Resume and Career Services, where I help clients level up and take control of their careers. If you want to learn the six and seven figure science to success, significantly increase your revenue, and learn how to successfully build relationships, you should be listening to Sell Without Selling podcast with my good friend, Stacey O'Byrne. If you're ready to get out of your own way to follow the seven-figure science of success, then welcome to Sell Without Selling. Tune in with renowned international speaker Stacey O'Byrne as she shows you how mastering relationships, achieving the proper mindset, and attaining the necessary motivation will catapult you away from failure and onto your journey to greatness. And now, here is your host, Stacey O'Byrne. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Sell Without Selling. I'm your host, Stacey O'Byrne, and I believe that learning the art and the science of how to sell without selling is the only way to achieve high six and seven figure success. I'm really excited to get into today's episode. And really quick, if you're a business owner, entrepreneur, or sales professional, and you haven't hit the level of success that you've wanted or needed, or if you're stuck and needing a pivot in your business and your success, or maybe you just want more and you understand the importance of having a coach to help identify the blind spots, increase accountability, and help with success strategies to take you, your business, your income, and your success to the next level. If this sounds like something for you, then head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash I want success. There's a quick application there that will lead to a personal phone call with me to see if we're a great fit for each other. All right, let's do this. Today I'm speaking with a really good friend of mine, Laura Bayshore. Laura is the founder of a new resume and career services, a sought after career coach, expert resume writer, and a LinkedIn pro. Laura provides valuable tools and professional insight to help aspiring managers and current executive leaders take their careers to the next level. In addition to her one-to-one services, she regularly presents in-person workshops in San Diego, California, and online webinars. Laura, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me today. No, thanks so much. Welcome to the show. I know you're really busy, and I am beyond excited for our guests to hear about you, your journey, and your business. So so how did you get started? I mean, did you just wake up one day and go, I want to be a career coach? No, no. It's kind of the evolution of my career. So I've worked in a lot of different industries. And uh, I mean, I worked as a medical biller. I worked in high-end windows and store sales higher education, and even as a hostess and a server. So the one common thread through all of my career has been moving up into management and director level positions. I had my oldest son in 2014. I was running a career center out here where I did similar to what I do now, which is um, overseeing career coaches and case managers, helping people with interviews. LinkedIn resume. Um, But as their manager and having a newborn son who wasn't doing that well at daycare, I found myself not giving 100% at either one. 
and just feeling really unfulfilled for it. So I decided to take a step back, which was really hard for me because I'm very driven <laughs> and I like working with people, but I took a step back. And then in my um, new mom off time, my friends and former colleagues kept asking me to help them with uh, their resumes or help them prep for interviews. So I had a really close friend and colleague of mine, Harry, who is no longer with us. Um, he passed away from cancer a couple of years ago. He was really what kicked into my head that I could do this for a living on my own because uh, he was making six figures. When I worked with him, he was three out of 2000 sales representatives at our company. And he came to me and said, Laura, I haven't been able to find work in a year. And I'm thinking, how, how is that even possible? Like I knew his words. He's amazing at his job. And one of those people who just, if you sit with him, you're going to purchase what he's selling. Okay. He's just wonderful human. Then he sent me his resume and I knew exactly why he wasn't getting any jobs. It was very obvious to me. I worked on it for him within two weeks. He was into an interview with an organization that he'd been dreaming about getting into. And within three weeks, he was hired. At that point, I was like, oh, maybe somebody would pay me on my own to do this. And that's <laughs> kind of where it kicked off. And so as a, as a new mom, I started building my business from my home. And it was great because I could control how much was putting into it. I could control the length of it, um, how I grew, and I was able to help clients virtually. So mm -hmm. um, that was something that I was able to do and then also fulfill the career side or the driven side of me while being able to be a full-time mom. I love that. So, so before we move forward, I want to go back a little bit because you said a couple things and, and, and it, it kind of piqued my curiosity. Okay. So you're pretty young, right? And you had, you had stated that you had had a lot of careers at, at a young age. What made you um, hop industries and hop careers? I think at that time, I didn't have my education completed yet. Mm -hmm. And I feel, especially with the people that I've worked with now and where I am, a lot of times when you have that degree completed, you feel like that is the place I need to go. Mm -hmm. That's the arena that I'm meant for. And so instead I was kind of figuring out um, what was satisfying my drive. Like I said, I'm really, um, I love working with people everywhere I go. I'm told you should be a teacher. Mm -hmm. um, which I'm a coach, so that mm -hmm. makes sense. But what I found is that I really liked working with people, both on selling a product to them and on mentoring others how to do it and how to get satisfaction out of it. Mm -hmm. Where I finally turned into this realm is I worked in higher education for about four years. And I was working with students who are um, coming back to school, so known as second time or adult learners. Mm -hmm. And what I found I really liked about it was showing them how they could use the degree that they were interested in to navigate their career, showing them what that actually meant and how that falls into having a career. It's not just, uh, you know, I have a degree in psychology, therefore I will be a psychologist. Instead, mm -hmm. opening up the realms of possibilities to them. And that's what led me into focusing more on the career services piece. 
That's awesome. So, so I asked my question for, for multiple reasons, because our unconscious mind constantly seeks completion. So what happens is if it isn't complete, it will continue to look for something. So there are people out there, a, a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs, business owners, sales professionals, executives, leaders. So, so for that reason, they, there are people who hop from opportunity to opportunity, direct sales, right? Uh, there are people that go from job to job. And, and I, I wanted them to hear your reason. And I also wanted to share the, the science behind your unconscious mind always looking to complete itself. You know, we marry our polar opposite. We marry our unconscious mind. And the reason why we do that is because it completes us. Well, we do the same thing with our friends. We do the same thing in our work environment. So we're looking for for that completion, that satisfaction, and or we're deploying strategies. You know, it's what we saw our parents do. So it wrote a program and we do it, whatever it is. And as a career coach, I was really, really curious as to the reasonings because I truly believe if that was something you deployed, looking for success, looking for completion, it gives you even more experience to help someone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I find I'm able to relate because I understand what's going on behind the scenes and it can help my clients figure out what's blocking them. Uh, because a lot of my clientele and some of them are business owners as well. Um, when I look at the helping them with the LinkedIn side and the connection side there. Mm -hmm. So it's really trying to figure out what's your ultimate goal. Let's put together some smaller goals that are going to lead you to complete that. I love that you brought up LinkedIn because I was going to ask you how you connect the two, how you're a career coach and a LinkedIn pro and how that helps your clients. So can you go into that a little bit? Sure. Uh, so a lot of people think LinkedIn is something that you use just for, I'm searching for a job. So I need to be on LinkedIn. Or spam. Um, <laughs> uh, yes, unfortunately. Yeah, if we deal with a lot of that and can't really avoid that. But um, when it comes to using LinkedIn as a tool for networking, you can, as an entrepreneur, I have made so many business connections that have helped me with my goals. So uh, a great example is I have a friend who I met on LinkedIn. Uh, she had a very similar philosophy. She's in the same field as me. You would think that's my competitor. I, I shouldn't really be talking to her, but I really liked the content she was putting out. I felt like it really matched with the way that I saw things and how I helped my business and my clients. So I reached out to her, uh, just said, hey, I love what you're doing on here. I'd love to set up a time. Maybe we could chat, um, talk about how we might be able to help each other out. Well, it turns out she does career coaching and she does LinkedIn, but um, her career coaching is about diving into kind of what do you want to be when you grow up, uh, really taking that deep dive. And my career coaching is about execution. So you want your uh, salary increase. Let me teach you how to do a salary negotiation. Uh, and she also didn't write resumes. 
So we've mm-hmm. got this wonderful partnership now where we'll have clients that utilize both of our services. And now, even though both of us are solopreneurs and have our own business, we have this wonderful partnership where we can say, you know what, here's this person that I trust who you can connect with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've used it to make connections time and time again like that. So it's it's really an important place to be because um, obviously I'm biased, but when I meet somebody, I look them up on LinkedIn. And if I don't see them on LinkedIn or I see they have a profile they set up 10 years ago, that's not the person that I'll be doing business with. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. So so I'm, I'm curious from from a foundational success perspective, how do you think LinkedIn can be used as a tool to really help that entrepreneur, that business owner, that corporate executive, that direct salesperson who really wants to up-level everything about their business or their career? It's the perfect platform to do so, in my opinion, because the average user on LinkedIn uh, makes 75K or more. Mm. So you're looking at a great demographic that's a bit more targeted. It's a business social networking platform. So what you do is you don't just go on there and talk about yourself all day. And you don't just talk about like, here, I have this sale over here, purchase this. Instead, you look at doing... Uh, 50% of what you would want to put on there would be industry relevant information. So what's Mm -hmm. happening in the industry around you? Uh, What's grabbing your attention? What can you add value to the conversation? What's a great article that you can share? Because you're, again, trying to spark engagement. You're trying to spark a conversation with someone. Um, Then the other 20% is you, your services that you're offering, um, but what's really great is that you get to kind of showcase your authority in the industry. Mm. Think about it. So if you don't have the funds to put into a website, like a really kick butt website, right? Mm. Like just getting it out there. Well, LinkedIn has all the SEO in there. You don't have to put money into that. You can. I have not used LinkedIn ads. That's not to say that I won't in the future, but as of this point, I've not had to do that. Mm -hmm. Um, They also have a part set up for entrepreneurs. So right now it's called LinkedIn Pro, Mm -hmm. uh, where I get clients who are looking for resume writing or coaching come into my inbox. I can decide if I want to work with them or not. And uh, I can throw out a quote to them. Well, the great thing is that LinkedIn doesn't interfere any further than that. So I have another way where I can find clients who, again, are typically going to be in my price range, who are looking to kind of level up, take Mm -hmm. that to the next level. Um, And they have that for multiple industries. Now they're looking at shifting that um, into a kind of a skewed avenue on it, but it's still going to be a place where you can put the services that you offer. It's right underneath your headline. People know that they can get that from you. So there's many different ways that you can utilize it, whether it's from networking, trying to put your authority out there um, and showcase your personality a little bit, you know, not like Facebook personality, like, you know, just cats and 
and things on there that you don't really need, but it, it's a great way to kind of put yourself out there. And I've had people contact me for speaking engagements just based off of my profile who I've nice. never met. So. Nice, nice. So, so question for you, you know, social media is confusing for, for a lot of people out there. You know, I, you, you hear me jokingly reference it as the entrepreneurial witness protection program. <laughs> you know, you log in at seven in the morning to see what your friends are doing. And next thing you know, it's two o'clock in the afternoon and you're just getting off of social media and nothing yeah. got done. So for me, you know, I'm, I'm hardly on, I work with agencies to, to help to help communicate my voice. That doesn't mean that I'm not on there. It doesn't mean I'm not posting because I am. I uh, set a timer, right? I, I allow myself yeah. 15 minutes in the Entrepreneurial Witness Protection Program. When the timer goes off, I log out. So I say all that to say, you know, entrepreneurs get, get confused as to the value of each platform because there's LinkedIn, there's Facebook, there's Instagram, there's Twitter, there's, there's Pinterest. What do I do? How do I do it? What do you do? So, so can you kind of like spotlight the, the value and where, and where they should be and why? Yeah. So, um, what you mentioned about having, um, a marketing firm to help you out you should absolutely do that. Mm -hmm. um, that is great, especially for Instagram, unless you are just an Instagram guru, get somebody, you know, I've hired someone, she's amazing. And she could just do things and make them look at a better quality. So for me, because of my services, my content is very important to me. I need it to sound like my voice. So I just make sure that we have a meeting once a month. Here's what I'm looking at this week. They're very close to understanding what I do, but I'm also gonna take time once or twice a week to go onto my social platforms and put something that's coming directly from me. So if there's an article that I'm posting, whether it's on LinkedIn, whether it's on Facebook, um, I am going to make sure that I comment about it beforehand because why am I sharing this with you mm -hmm. and make sure that it's relevant. So you can have the best of both worlds with it. As far as with LinkedIn, the main thing is that you just don't want to get spammy. This is the one place where if you get spammy, people will not interact with you because it's networking first and it's business networking first. So kind of think about it. If you're somebody who networks in person, you should be showing up the same way on LinkedIn, mm. finding those valuable partners and building those relationships. So for the people who I have working relationships with, I make sure that if I see they're doing something new with their business, I will take the time to make sure I comment on that and let people know how much I value what they're doing. And that's really the way that you build that in there, you know, you have people who will say, hey, I really love your content. I admire what you're doing. That's the different thing you can do with LinkedIn because it's meant to be more of like a thought leadership networking mm -hmm. platform. And so if you can kind of um, master the two of those, then that's really going to take you to the next level and make it so that you're getting qualified people. When mm -hmm. I have people reach out to me from LinkedIn, they're not, the first question is not, what is your pricing? I don't get that question because I am using the platform to show 
here's all the value you get when you work with me. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's kind of the key difference as to how you can use that platform. Nice. So, so you brought up face-to-face uh, uh, -face networking, real-life networking versus uh, LinkedIn being um, an online professional networking portal. So can you share the, the similarities as well as the differences on how someone should show up and, and what they should do to really enhance their, their presence in, in the LinkedIn environment? Because, you know, let's face it. Yes, we're still in the pandemic. Yes, we're coming to a point in the pandemic where things are loosening up Things are completely open in some states, loosening up in others and targeted to loosen up in others. And, you know, people are, are probably, I would venture to guess to say, yearning for that, that physicality of the connection, right? So they'll roll yeah. back out into live networking. However, based on conversations you and I have had, they can leverage both environments to help each other. So I'd really like for you to talk about that a little if you can. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so in person, you're really gonna be community-based. So for example, when I came into doing in-person networking, so I started out my networking through LinkedIn and uh, that let me have a reach. You know, I can network with anybody, anywhere. Um, I can provide my services and I do internationally. Mm -hmm. I, I have clients based everywhere. Mm -hmm. so that's the great thing on there. I also have business relationships everywhere because of that. So like some of my strongest relationships are in Seattle, Washington, or um, I, I just spoke at a couple months back, I spoke at the Durham Chamber of Commerce and that's in North Carolina. Mm -hmm. So that obviously I can't do from in-person networking that I need to be doing online. Um, well, I mean, when I can get back on a plane, I could, and I will mm -hmm. do that in person, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, up until then that's online. So when I came to the in-person networking, I was like, okay, I'm really good at networking online. I get referrals why not try and do this in person? Um, so when I did it in person, I just found the, it's much easier to make a connection in person. I mean, let's be real because your personality, depending on how you feel um, and how comfortable you feel in front of camera or how well you email, right? Some people just don't send good emails. Right. It's just not their thing. So that piece of it gets taken out. Um, but how you can really leverage it is the people that you're working with in person, talk to them about who they're working with, and then you can reach out to them through LinkedIn and say, hey, here's how I received your information. Or better yet, what I like to do is the introduction email. It's, it's the solidifier of both things to say, hey, this is my friend or colleague. We were talking and, and it seemed like you guys were going to be a good partnership. Um, I think you need to have a really good balance of both because I'll tell you when COVID hit, um, nothing changed in my business. Mm. And, and that's something that the power of utilizing both has done for me, which is that uh, when we switched to um, 
COVID and everything going virtual, I was well prepared for that because I had been in that realm. So um, the only thing that changed for me was the amount of work I was able to take on because I've got two kids under six. So (laughs) a little chaotic. Um, But if you have that good balance, it also makes it to where the in-person networking gave me more confidence to reach out to people online Mm -hmm. that I would not have thought that I could do before. Nice. So that's really good to help you with that and, and your presentation skills and talking in front of people and getting you the confidence you need, but it's a good idea to have both. Mm-hmm. So, so stepping outside your comfort zone, you know, I, I, I hear a lot of what you are saying is every time you meet your comfort zone, you find a way to expand the boundary or step out the boundary. How has stepping outside of your comfort zone impacted you? It's impacted everything that I do um, from when I just hit adulthood. So when I decide I want to do something, whether or not I feel prepared for it, if the opportunity is available to me, I go, I just do it. Mm-hmm. Um, because the worst thing that could happen is that you're sitting there and you're like, gosh, I wish I tried that. And I don't ever want to fill in that situation. Um, so specifically when I started my coaching business on my own, uh, I made my name, a new resume and career services intentionally. So resume is in there because when people are thinking about job search, you always think I got to have a resume, right? That's kind of that <laughs> foundational piece. So I knew I wanted yep. that in there, but, and career services, because I always knew that I would expand. So I wanted a name that could grow with me mm-hmm. and signify what I was doing. Um, a couple months in, I found myself working with an executive assistant for Google and Jocelyn was great. Um, We worked really well together. I did her resume, did her LinkedIn. um, And that's because she wanted to feel that she was at the appropriate professional level. You don't always need a resume when you're job searching. Because again, she was at Google. She's happy. She's a Mm -hmm. happy camper. Um, But then she asked, she said, you know, I have a performance evaluation coming up. Do you do career coaching? And, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, well, yeah, that's in my business plan, like six months from now. Uh, but <laughs> okay. So mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I do. Um, and again, because of my experience of being a manager and a director, I'm very comfortable with performance evaluations. I know what makes a difference because I've been on the side of delivering them to people as nice. well. Nice. So I told her, yeah, absolutely. Let's get into this and let's do it. Um, I could have said, no, I referred her to somebody else, mm-hmm. you know, because I hadn't mapped out my process and kind of methodical, a little bit OCD. So, mm-hmm. um, but instead what I did was, okay, let's set it up for next week. So I did my research, figured out exactly what we needed to help her with. Uh, long story short, she got the salary increase she was looking for. And then she referred me to five other people. In Google? And so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And in a couple of other startups in Simi Valley. So um, Mm. there you go. I was a career coach already, you know? No, I love it. I I absolutely love it. So, so you know what I do, you know, I focus on mindset. I focus on 
people's ability to communicate with themselves and others. Um, I'm a master NLP trainer. I've been I've been dealing with human behavior for decades, and you know the one thing that that holds true in entrepreneurism, in sales, in business ownership, is success is ninety percent mindset, ten percent skill set, right? How how do you see mindset showing up for people who are laid off or people who are unemployed or job searching or even posting or connecting in LinkedIn? Well, so a couple of different things. Um, I know that when somebody's doing a job search and they have not had success within the first three months, mm. their confidence takes a significant blow. It does not matter if you are working on an assembly line or if you're C-level, mm-hmm. uh, it really takes a blow because you start to lose confidence in what you're doing. Um, but honestly, 90% of the time it is because either their resume is not what it needs to be. You mm-hmm. know, it just, it isn't and it's, we can fix it and we're good or they don't know how to interview anymore. Uh, every piece you do is interviewing. Everything you do is an interview. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know how to position yourself, more importantly, if you don't know what your transferable skills are, I think that's the most important thing. Understanding a transferable skill means knowing the person you're talking to and then figuring out what it is that's unique about you that you can relate to them to show mm-hmm. them the value that you're bringing. It's very important in any interaction that you're doing. Um, Same thing when you're networking in LinkedIn. I'll have clients tell me, they're like, oh yeah, I'm in there, but like, you know, I mean, I see people, I can't connect to them or I just won't, you know, or they're trying to connect with people by hitting the connect button and not sending a message. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, you have a 53% more chance of making a connection if you send a message. It's just that simple. <laughs> right. And the um, message shouldn't be spammy. <laughs> no. Oh my. Yes. I love when people send me a message like, I, I can help you get 20 to 30 clients a month. I'm like, really? I didn't ask you, but thanks. Mm. That lets me know how desperate you are. I didn't ask you for your services and you're not catering. The best is when you can tell it's a template and then they've messed their template up. And you're like, you're not catering that to me at all. So thank you. No, thank you. <laughs> oh, my favorite is my favorite is hi, sir. I really love your podcast and I can help you market it. So I'll respond back. I'm really curious uh, on a few things. One, what made what made you reach out to me to think that my podcast needed help for marketing and two, whatever made you think I was a sir or three, maybe you didn't read before you copy and paste it. And then I'd never hear from them again. No, (laughs) they're mortified, but you know, those are the kind who are just throwing everything at the Mm -hmm. wall. Spraying and praying is what I call it. Oh yes. And I just, I don't believe in that at all. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. you really need to tailor your message to who you're talking to because if they don't find the value in you, you're not going to get the response you want. Um, I've had clients. So, okay. One more thing with the networking piece. 
had a client who was interviewing with the VP at Jewel and um, she wanted the job so bad. She was so excited, but she didn't get the job. I asked her, I said, okay, did you send a thank you note? And she said, well, no, I didn't, I didn't get the job. I'm like, okay. Like, so what I'm going to advise you to do, you really want to work at that company, right? And she said, yes. So I said, okay, uh, I want you to send a thank you through LinkedIn to the VP and let him know that you're interested in working at that company. So if he knows of anything coming up in the future, keep you in mind. Okay. 24 hours later, she gets an email back from the VP saying, you know what? I just put your resume back up to our HR department while you weren't a good fit for that one position. I think you are for this next one. Come on in next week. She'll be reaching out to schedule. And she ended up getting that job. Nice. So leverage your network. It, it's so important in everything you do. You never know what's driving the decision. You know, she just wasn't the right fit for that position, but she was the right fit for that company. And now she's in. So, so why do you think most fail in their pursuit to, to land their, well, well, this can go across the board, land their dream job, land their dream income, land their dream client, have their ideal business? Um, twofold. I think the first part is just fear of rejection. Hmm. Nobody likes to be rejected, but you know, a lot of life is rejection. Otherwise we'd just have everything we ever wanted all the time at <laughs> any given moment, right? Um, and then two is lack of research. I really think it's lack of research because um, if you research something enough, even if you don't get that position or that contract the right time, um, you will figure out what you need to do in the next step. If you just rushed into how you were approaching something, you have no idea how you got there. Mm -hmm. So that means if you're trying to uh, make a contract with a power a partner for you, a business partner, you need to research that company. You need to research where your value goes in, not just like, oh, I have this great product or I have this great service. That's nice. That's not why they're going to partner with you. You need to show what you're bringing to the table. Um, when you're provided with an opportunity, you need to go for it. So the first time I spoke at National Resume Writers Association, you know, they were accepting proposals. So I sent in three because I really believe in the three, two, one rule. I sent them on three different subjects. One, now they know I'm very interested. Two, they know I know how to tailor a message. Like I can shift to whatever you need. And three, they picked one. So, mm -hmm. you know, gotcha. and, and so thinking about how you can research what you can do. It's not just about, I tried this once. Mm -hmm. That's not going to get it done. Mm -hmm. So so a few things, you know, in, in, in my personal opinion, uh, I think people can have everything they believe they can have. So it absolutely starts with, with what it is they believe or limit themselves with. Two, I truly honestly believe in, 
it, it really depends on how they allow themselves to show up. You know, are they showing up to just get the job or are they showing up to truly show the person their very best? You know, and this goes for entrepreneurs, business owners, sales professionals, or executives or people who are looking to, to make a career change or looking for a job. How you show up physically, emotionally, mentally, the way you communicate says everything. Words, words are only 7% communication. And because words are only 7% communication, it matters less what you say. It matters more how you say it. And if the itty bitty shitty committee is constantly deploying in your head, how can anyone ever connect with you, right? Yeah, I agree. I mean, my husband, my husband always laughs at me because it's, I'm, I guess I'm like a pessimistic optimist is what you would call it. Okay. So I can't I, wait to break this down. Well, I, I by no means just like walk around with my head in the clouds, like, oh, yay, everything's great. But um, if I see something and I feel like that's the thing for me, or that's the next move for me, I absolutely will be like, okay, I'm going to do that. And then he'll look at me and be like, okay, Laura, I think we need to rein it back in. Uh, it's kind of what you were saying at the very beginning, how we marry our opposite. Mm -hmm. So um, he always brings me back down to check if I need it a little bit. But the main point is that you have to put it out there in the universe, first and foremost, to say, this is what's happening. And then you start working yourself backwards to figure out what are the steps you need to take to get there. Uh, it's so important. You know, not, not just that. Our, our unconscious mind knows the path of least resistance to pursue success. And just because you didn't secure this doesn't mean that what's coming up isn't better for you. Uh, I'll give you a prime example. After 9-11, after 9-11 and after I got laid off, I started interviewing with all of the company that I worked for's competition. You know, my stage story is I'm a Scorpio. I don't get mad, I get even, right? And they all started offering me for a year what I used to make in a month because the market had shifted. It was no longer uh, an employee's market. It became an employer's market because a lot of America became unemployed, right? right. So, so for me, I, I, I was in no means in a position to panic. I had an immense amount of money saved. I had an immense amount of money put away. I was very comfortable. I seriously, at that age, could have semi-retired. And, and, and I was in no means energetically ready for that. So, I, I remember this one position came up and I was more than qualified for it. However, the hiring party didn't wanna hire me because I used to have his job and he was afraid to put me in a position beneath him because of my knowledge. Yep. And uh, I got rejected and I got rejected and I got rejected and I got rejected. And then, like you said, that itty bitty shitty committee kicks in. That's, that's a lot of energy. I knew without a shadow of a doubt, I was the person for that job. And then like a week later, 
a week later, that printing company opportunity came up. Now, people know the story. You know, I went to bed a millionaire, woke up broke. However, three and a half years, five years of this journey, seven years of this journey of, of an entrepreneurism. So I say three and a half years because three and a half years is when, how long it took for the company to become multi-millions, right? right. Then five years into it, I crushed my hand with a 300 pound box. Then the embezzlement and everything like that, the funds misappropriation, everything started happening at that point. It all came to the head uh, eight and a half, nine years into this entrepreneurial journey for me. It was a process. And, and for me, that, that time period of being in that environment gave me the understanding of what being a business owner meant, what it felt like, what it looked like. It, it gave me the understanding of what it took to build a business. It gave me the opportunity to learn professional networking. And then when I woke up with no money in the bank, it was this emotional explosion, right? However, I went back to, if I would have accepted that job, I would have never learned how to build a multi-million dollar business for myself. So what did I do? I went back to my comfort zone. I started looking for a job again. I had just built a multi-million dollar business and started looking for a nine to five job where someone was going to tell me what they pay me. And I got five job offers, five job offers, boom, boom, boom. And I started looking at these offers and it was like, am I really worth more than that? Shouldn't I be worth more than that? And I started pushing back on the job offers and they were giving me what I was asking for. And then it was kind of one of those things where this is way too easy. Yeah. And then I jumped off the cliff and still stayed in entrepreneurism and then built 20 and $30,000 revenue months within two and a half, three months. And then built Pivot Point Advantage. So sometimes no really means this isn't for you. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I've, I've had a lot of opportunities that come up in the same way too. I think it's just giving yourself that resilience to know that the rejection doesn't define you. It really does mean that there's a different path mm -hmm. and you just have to then be open to it and be looking for it. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of how you don't get down or start to lose your confidence instead just keep looking for what's to come next because there are signs all around you if you'll just pay attention to them you'll figure out where you're supposed to be at the right time and and what's going to be most desirable to you you know so what what role do you think someone plays in their ability to really achieve success how do they get in their way? Um, well, I think, you know, just what we've been discussing a little bit is that it's um, the self-doubt that kicks in. It really just holds you back from exploring different things you could do. I mean, I never thought that I would own my own business. 
I never wanted to. Um, mm. My grandfather owned his own auto mechanic shop and then my dad worked for him and um, eventually took it over too. And I saw the kind of sacrifice that that takes, mm. um, the kind of weight that it can put on you. And I frankly didn't ever want that responsibility. <laughs> Um, it just wasn't, I'm like, I'd rather somebody just be like, Hey, here you get this. And then you clock out, you mm. clock out. Um, now being a business owner for five plus years, I understand that you, you also have to create that for yourself. It's just mm. that you have to create those diameters of like, I cut, I clock out here. Um, but me and my husband in 2019 bought out my dad's business. Uh, we turned it into selling parts online. So yeah, I own two businesses now. Um, the accidental entrepreneur. It yeah, was not good. something I ever, ever wanted to do, but I love it. Um, and it really inspires my creative side too. And so uh, there's a lot of upside to it. You just kind of have to give yourself the restriction that's required to be successful. So you will get overwhelmed. You will get ran down if you don't say, here are the times that I do this. Obviously, there's exceptions to every rule, but you have to schedule yourself. Mm. You have to manage your own business. I agree. You know, you can either run your day or your day can run all over you. Yeah. And Absolutely. sometimes that happens, you it know, yeah. even when you're doing a great job, sometimes it happens and you got to forgive yourself and say, you know what? It's not happening tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I am a scheduling, planning, strategic ninja. You know, I, you know, people ask me all the time, how do you run seven businesses? How do you keep yourself vertical? How do you, how are you married, have kids, have grandkids, go on vacations? And, it, and, and I look at them like, like, it's such an alien question because for me, how do you not, how do you not fit it all in because if you try to go through life without a plan and look please understand that i don't have rigid plans i am the true definition of entrepreneurism if i don't want to do something i give myself the time off however i have the discipline to put whatever it was that i didn't do back on my schedule and follow through with it because i surround myself with coaches that go <clears throat> Still, <laughs> yeah, and it's like because right. I know, I know. Look, I love the beach. We live in Southern California. Yeah, I love to play, right? And reality is, I also like to eat and have a house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, and and I think that's that is such a good point. You know, <laughs> that you have to be able to find the discipline in there so that you can enjoy your life because. Mm -hmm. If you don't enjoy what you're doing, then what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you doing? So I'm going to ask you a few questions really quick. I'm going to kind of machine gun them because, you know, I look at what you do as very comparable. You know, yes, I know that you do career education and career help and resume help. And I also know you also help small business owners and entrepreneurs up level their negotiations and and uh, up level their presences all encompassing in all all those areas in linkedin so number one what's your number one networking tip the number one networking tip is to be an active listener 
Mm. So when you go into a space, you are not there to talk to them about yourself because the number one way to succeed at networking is to build a relationship. So you need to step back and not get so like, oh, I have to sell this or say who I am instead, connect with somebody. And then that relationship is just going to grow and it will organically turn into something that's beneficial to both parties involved. Love it. I love it. Okay, next, next. What is your three top tips for uh, up leveling your career, either finding finding a job or up leveling your position? Top three tips. Top three tips. So first, uh, you need to understand how you communicate, how you come across. Hmm. So. Um, First thing is I encourage you to create a simple presentation and record yourself for 10 minutes and really look at yourself, listen to your cadence, figure out what's going on because no matter what you do, you need to be able to speak and you need to be able to communicate well with others. That right there will take you so far because you will lose those nerves eventually. Um, You'll still get butterflies, but that just means you're excited about what you're doing. It's Mm -hmm. actually not fair. Uh, The second thing is set your long-term goal. Where are you going? If you don't know where you're going, you can't get there. (laughs) And third is do your research. You need to be improving yourself all the time. You need to be reading. um, And that also includes reading for pleasure. You need to keep your mind active and you need to keep to where you can have Again, conversations with people, because if you can't do that, you can't do much. Nice. Okay, next question. Top three LinkedIn tips. In your header, please don't have your title and your role. That shows up right below it regardless. So use that space. That's your first point of SEO Mm -hmm. in your profile. So use it for what people would be looking for you. So. Are they looking for a coach? Are they looking for an IT professional? Are they looking for whatever your business offers? Then that's what you fill that space with. Uh, Second is make your profile accessible to everyone. In your settings, you can choose that everyone can see everything about you. You need to do that because sometimes I see um, people who don't let their pictures be seen for those who are not in their network well, good luck growing your network because you look fake. <laughs> Just get a professional photo, put it up there, let people see it. It's important. And second is uh, in your about section on there. That space is not to be regurgitated uh, resume or your professional summary or your bio. Every aspect of your professional portfolio should be saying something different. They should all link in and they should do something for you. Mm -hmm. So there is an opportunity for you to put a little bit about yourself. So on mine, I put the recent concerts I've been to. Um, Obviously, that's not so recent right now. Uh, But I actually had a client of mine contact me and tell me he chose me because I had uh, the Rolling Stones and Beck on there. And he's like, you're my kind of people. Let's go. And he's a, he's a financial planner. So, so again, you wouldn't think that that lines up with that person, Mm -hmm. but 
put a little bit of personality in there. And can I add a fourth tip? Yeah. Never go it alone. You don't know your blind spots. You don't know what you don't know. And because you don't know what you don't know, you don't know if you're representing yourself right. So just like friends don't let friends drive drunk, friends should not let friends market themselves blindly. So allow a professional to help you help yourself, in my humble opinion. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I mean, you, you, well, some people fix their sinks on their own, but um, you've had some training on that, even if you do it yourself, right? So yes, reach out. And that kind of plays back into networking is even if you're a solopreneur or entrepreneur, you know, being in with a good network gives people who are like-minded, who are just simply trying to help your business too, and give you a real perspective as to your message isn't coming across. I can't understand what you're saying or, hey, that was really good. You need to add that. So, Okay, so you're the expert in up-leveling career and up-leveling your income negotiation and, and up-leveling your, your existence in LinkedIn. What haven't I asked you that, that the listeners need to know? What's the driving factor uh, behind my client's success? Because I deal with clients in all industries. Mm -hmm. um, but my success rate with them is in the 92, 93%. My clients are happy. And um, I think the thing there is as a professional or an entrepreneur, you need to get to know what your message is. There are different ways of looking at that. Um, the way that I approach working with my clients is very similar to a marketing content specialist. So I ask my clients probing questions. I want to find out what's behind them, what's driving them, and what they think is unique about them so I can help them exploit that and learn how to talk about that, how to show that on paper, how to show that in their interview. And the same thing when I work with my entrepreneur clients, when I'm helping them with their LinkedIn business pages, um, really having to know, like, people don't do business with you because you have the best product. Okay, of course, exceptions to every rule, sometimes they do. Okay. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, though, it is because they know, like, and trust you. So you need to figure out how to build that rapport in any situation that you're in, uh, showing up authentically, and making sure that you're not trying to fit yourself into someone's mold, but you are showing them what transferable skills you have that they need. I love it. Absolutely love it. So, Lara, welcome to the signature question of the show. And that is, what does selling without selling mean to you? Um, a perfect way of selling without selling that I would say is... Um, most of my business is off of referrals. Hmm. It's not from asking for referrals. I have never looked at a client of mine or sent an email to a client of mine and said, do you have a referral to me? Who can hmm. you refer to me? Yet 65% of my business is referrals. So that means making a real connection with somebody because that's the difference between a one-time sell or a forever relationship. 
I love that. That makes that makes it really easy. You really, when someone who knows, likes, and trusts you and understands you, connects you to someone, it's really not a matter of having to show up and sell. It's a matter of just showing up and serving. Exactly. I try to come to in that way with my clients as a service. You know, mm -hmm. it's not about me. It's not about what I do. It's can I be of assistance to you? Let's have a conversation and see. Yeah. Awesome. So, Laura, welcome to the random round. See, I believe that success leaves clues. And I also know that when our listeners can, can really hear some of the things that our experts do, they can grab some of it and apply to themselves. Okay, so, so my, uh, I'll ask you a couple questions. So my first question is, if you could sit on a park bench with someone, anyone, past or present, who would it be and why? Uh, it would be Jane Austen, mm -hmm. the author. Mm -hmm. um, the reason being is because she has my absolute favorite quote, which is, um, life without music would be a blank to me. Mm -hmm. And that is true in everything about me. I love music. I, it inspires me. I associate bands and songs with individual people. Like, if I get to know someone well enough, they have a whole album that's dedicated to them. <laughs> um, nice. and I love Jane Austen's books. And then getting to know that somebody from the 17 to 1800s was so into music and so engrossed with it as well really speaks to me because I love writing. I'm a resume writer, but um, I love writing outside of that too. So I just would love to pick her brain and see what drove her. And I think it'd be a really enlightening conversation. Love it. Absolutely love it. So you have two kids under six, mm -hmm. two businesses, a husband. How do you decompress? How do you recharge? Uh, I like yoga. Yoga is okay. good. <laughs> um, and honestly, pre-COVID and after COVID, going to concerts, um, oh, me yeah. and my husband have a rule that if there is a band or an artist coming near us that we love, we don't make excuses. We figure out how to get there because you don't nice. know when they'll when they'll be around and our music taste is really eclectic um, and it's served as well. So even like we saw Eddie Money um, about a year before he passed away um, and it was just spur of the moment thing. I was like, oh my gosh, we're gonna go see him and we're so happy we did because again, that opportunity no longer exists. So um, concerts and then uh, reading and writing. Fantastic. I love it. So, Laura, it's been phenomenal, phenomenal talking with you. I truly, truly appreciate you taking the time out today. If our, if our listeners want to reach out, connect with you, how can they find you? Um, a great way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. So you'll want to do my professional profile because business pages are kind of like storefronts. So uh, you can find me at Laura O. Bayshore. And um, my website additionally is uh, www.arc, A-R-C, 
resume.com. Awesome. We'll make sure that ends up in the show notes. Laura, I really appreciate you taking the time to be here. Your success is important to me, and it's also important to me to make sure that these episodes are valuable to you. I would love for you to do a few things right now. I'd love for you to hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. That's hop over to Instagram and follow us at Pivot Point Advantage. Second, I'd love it if you'd head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. That's head over to Facebook and join our Sell Without Selling community. We have an immense amount of interaction on both platforms. We also share different information on both platforms. So we look forward to seeing you there. Last and definitely not least, I love to chat with you, give feedback on the episodes, and find out any topics that you're interested in to help make this podcast more powerful and helpful to you achieving the success you've always dreamed of, desired, and deserved. Head over to pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. That's pivotpointadvantage.com slash talk to Stacy. Let's get a 15-minute call on the schedule. I look forward to getting to know you. Always remember this. Choice is a powerful thing, and suffering is always optional. Get out of your way so that you can get on your way so you can finally have your way. Thanks so much for listening, and I look forward to talking with you soon. Whether it's mastering your mindset, communication, or success, we have more ways to keep you on your journey to greatness. Be sure to visit us at pivotpointadvantage.com for exclusive online training programs, success-specific courses, and more ways to connect to Stacy directly to help you achieve the financial success you've always desired.